Somebody tell him one more time with all we have. With all we have. Yes. We Father, for the time that we have, we pray that somebody's life will be blessed. Somebody's life will be blessed. Strongly so. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen. I want to take this opportunity and appreciate Pastor Ken, together with his lovely wife, Pastor Rebecca. Like they, he has said, we've known each other for many years, and uh, they have been wonderful, wonderful friends. Uh, I've been here before, and... Um, <clears throat> The following year, I was not invited, so I knew that I didn't do a good job. So um, I'm really praying that today God is going to help me uh, in Jesus' name. My wife is not here today. We were in breath last night, and so uh, they placed us to stay at the Capitec, and she works more at night. So she told me, just go. Uh, let me be sleeping. And so she's enjoying there while I'm walking. Amen. But we were the spiritual daughters, Lindley, who is here in Jesus' name. Amen. Hold the music. While you're standing, I have a book called The Anatomy of Pain. I realize that a lot of people survived COVID, but a lot of things still hurt because you lost parents, you lost brothers, sisters, you lost jobs, opportunities. And, um, and so God helped me to put a book together that addresses the subject of pain um, and how you are able to navigate issues that have to deal with pain and all that. And so I'm going to ask you to uh, get a copy behind there, I mean, outside there. Uh, it's, it, it goes for 200 rand, but I'm going to drop it for 150 uh, because I'm in the capital. So it can be a blessing to you. So if you're able to get it, I think this book will bless you. If you don't like it because of the material, get it because of the face that you see here and just keep it in your house in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sound man, wherever you are, uh, the lady that was in brown, you gave her proper sound. Uh, so do it to me also. You know, the gentleman that was singing when I came here, he used to have locks. I think he cut them off, you know. Uh, I don't want his sound. Give me the sound of the lady in brown. The one who sang, he can do anything. That, that sound is the one I want. Amen. I, is it you? Oh, it's a big guy there. Okay. Yes. And I thought it's someone small that in case of anything, I can wrestle. So now I need, I need serious prayer. Amen. Let's go to the Bible. You may be seated. See the way you are happy. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. John chapter 3 verse number 16. When you preach for Pastor Ken, Pastor Ken is an, um, is an intellectual and is an, uh, yes, and, uh, and he, uh, he's very, he's a theologian. 
So when you speak for him, you really, really have to, hmm, like really think through what you're going to say. Uh, because he is, um, is very gifted. And so I really had to pray, but also study. Because of the person I was going to stand on his pulpit. And I'm trusting God that this morning is going to make sense and then it's going to bless you. Amen. And so we're talking about the love story. And my, t- my title today is the, the disruption factor in the love story. John chapter 3 verse 16. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. My time starts now. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 8. The other time I was just greeting now. Amen. Now my time starts. Amen. Thank you. You will live long. If you're not married, you'll get a good wife. Amen. 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 Ah, he's not married. Ah, not yet. In this church. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. The Bible says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth, that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Someone say amen to that. Please make sure you sit next to a neighbor you can talk to. Because I'm going to ask you on a number of occasions to talk to your neighbor. So if they cannot talk, please make sure you can sit. There are a number of seats here. The worship team is very wonderful. You can sit there. Amen. I don't know whether I'm saying the truth or I'm being prophetic. Okay. What is disruption? Oxford Learners Dictionary says, Disruption is a disturbance or problem which interrupts an event, activity, or process. I told you I'm standing, so I have to get a few definitions just to sound like I went to school. Amen. A disruption is a radical change to an existing market or industry due to technological innovation. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines disruption as a break or interruption in the normal process or continuation of some activity or processes. What is disruption? Disruption is confronting the status quo. Now, ladies and gentlemen, disruption is important to study because we love smooth. We love easygoing. We love predictability. We love sticking to our written scripts. But I've come to realize, number one, that life will place disruption on your way. In fact, we have just come out of COVID, which was a season of disruption. Things don't move as expected. Number two is that the devil will cause disruption. Yeah, he will cause. I like your ready. Amen. Where I go to preach next, I will pick you. Rent a crowd. Amen. 
The devil will cause disruption. Amen. It will cause what I call strange turn of fortunes. You are expecting things to go in a particular way and all of a sudden in ways that you cannot explain, things turn out against you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Uh, number three is that God will initiate disruption. And that's the purpose for my presentation this morning and I'm going to talk to you about it. Scott D. Anthony in his article on Harvard Business Review quotes Clark Gilbert and says, disruption is a great growth opportunity. Ah, yeah. Anytime disruption comes to you, it's a great growth opportunity. What are the kinds of disruption? Number one, there is a silent disruption. This is where God is working on you small, small. Yeah, it is a small degree of disruption that doesn't say much. But after a period of time, you will see results. You see, a, a degree for every step will count for something after a long while. Let me give you an example. When water is in a tar road, there is no pothole. But all the water needs to do is to stay there for a long time. And so the water is not digging the tar. It just has to stay. Every day. If you come in the next three months, there will be a pothole. That pothole came because the water was there without moving. So anytime you take steps, they might be small and it doesn't appear as if it's significant, but something is happening. After a period of time, there will be a change in your favor. If you catch me, say, I hear you. Number two, there is an obvious disruption. This is working strategically and intentionally to weed out people, systems, patterns, and structures that will not allow you to make room. And in life, you need obvious disruptions. Yes. <laughs> Stay with me. We're going to work it here. Number three, there is dramatic disruption. This is what I call, this is the Jonah type. When God says to Nineveh, says you're going to Nineveh and you say I'm going to Tarshish and God is like okay Caesar born and then you get into the you get into the blue train and God deals with you there harshly this is what Jonah experienced this is because you are refusing to align to the purposes of God and the will of God must prevail so God will cause dramatic disruptions. Can I submit some of you under the sound of my voice? Some of the things that have happened in your life have no demonic imprint in them. Is that God has caused dramatic disruption so that you can come to the place. And that's where I'm going to go at the end of it. What God is looking from you is a yes, Lord. Stay with me. So where do we need disruptions? Number one, we need disruptions in our plans. One, we need disruptions in our plans. Under that A, they may be not godly. When Jesus came to the house, came to the house with a shambok and was shamboking people and was telling them, you guys have got plans, but my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. It's not for what you have turned it to be. So you have plans, but the plans are not godly. So I will disrupt your plans. This is important, ladies and gentlemen. As a sister, you must be able to make that decision. If it's not a godly plan, you must lay it down. 
For example, if loving you is killing my destiny, then I must accept that emotional disruption so that I don't sabotage my destiny. If keeping you as a friend is delaying my manifestation, I should allow for that disruption to take place so that I don't delay my manifestation. Can I hear someone say amen to that? Lay your hand on your neighbor and tell your neighbor, Pastor is talking to you. Amen. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Number B under that, God will disrupt the plan if it's not big enough. Ah, yeah. If it's not big enough. You see, God, when you begin to deal with God, you begin to deal with God based on his size, not according to your size. That's why, that's why Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask. You see, see, so when you begin to deal with the God factor, you are dealing with God who supersedes your prayer. So if it's not big enough, God will disrupt it. So some of the things that you're praying for are still small to attract divine intervention. God is like, I don't need to come because you can do it. When you are ready to do a bigger one, call me. I, I wish I was talking to somebody here. Uh, when you are ready for a bigger plan, call me. When you are ready for a bigger vision, call me. This one is still small. So when... And, and, number three, number three is that the plan will be disrupted if it's not in purpose. In Mark chapter 5, when Jesus has dealt with the men that used to stay at the tombs, yes, and the Bible says he follows Jesus. And Jesus is like, uh-uh. He says, go home. Go home and proclaim. Now, the Bible says, the Bible says he went and started proclaiming in Decapolis. Decapolis is a region that has 10 cities. The man wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus is like, no, it's not in my purpose for you to be my armor bearer, yet you have the anointing for taking care of ten cities. Yeah. So, if it doesn't fit the purpose of God, it's going to be disrupted. Mm. Number two, what is going to be disrupted? Your relationships. It's getting quiet. Are you still here? Your relationships are going to be disrupted. Mm. You see, you cannot trust your body to someone who has not gone to a medical school. You can't trust your trip to someone who has not been to a flying school. Can you imagine sitting in an airplane and I say, hello, my name is Benachero. I'm going to be your flight captain. Never been to school. This is the first time I'm handling these instruments. But I want you to sit down, comfortable, relax. Because I don't know how we're going to get there, but I know we'll get there. Tell me you'll be chilling and asking for Coca-Cola. You'll be like, I'm out of this place. See, and this is the thing. You cannot trust your body to someone who has not been to medical school. You cannot trust your trip to someone who has not been to a flying school. But you are giving your life and vision to people who have opinions with no accomplishments. You are confused with people who have not built anything. 
Your mentor on relationship has no relationship. It's just an angry prophetess on social media. You are listening to all these Facebook apostles who have opinions on anything and they have never built anything. That's why I came. Can I talk? Can I go deeper? We're in Pretoria, where they go deeper. Can I go deeper? <laughs> Sex and alcohol have made you hook up with people who are below your level of intellect and gifting. And so now, you are making critical decisions on based on the advice of people that have not conquered those areas. So, you need disruptions in your relationships. You need disruptions in your relationships. Mm. Are you here? Okay. Let's go. So then, what's the power of disruption? Number one is that disruption will help you ascertain whether our strategies need to be kept, replaced, retired, or consolidated. That's why Joseph stands and says, you people meant for evil, but God turned it for good. Yeah, you guys thought by disrupting my dreams you were winning, but God was using the disruption to be able to shift my life to another level. Yes, yes, yes. That's why you meant it for evil and God turned it for my good. So that disruption is coming to you to tell you that there is a need for a change of strategy. Yes, there is a need for a change of strategy. That's why some of you, certain things are shaking in your life. It's because God is telling you, this is the time for you to shift. Because if you remain at that level, you are not going to attain what I have planned for you. Yes. Number two is that, oh God, help me. Number two is that disruption, disruption is also exposing your frailties and your weaknesses. You see, when COVID came, it exposed our weaknesses. In church, we realized that we had trained people for prosperity but not for hardship. That's why when hardship came, they were no longer there. Because they were not prepared to face seasons of persecution and toughness. But they were ready for Maserati. So we never had money for eventualities. We had not set our media to handle that. We had not trained our people for a life that is not straight. And all of a sudden, couples did not know what to tell each other. Because you are together from morning to morning in the lockdown and you're looking at each other. You have appreciated everything. You finished. I love your hair. I love your nose. I love your mouth. I love your, I love your toes. You finished it in day one. 29 days, you don't know what to say. And what Noah was doing, ladies and gentlemen, and it's important, I think this is critical for us as young people, because you see, when you are young, you don't feel like, there is always this thing that brings an unconsciousness where you don't feel like you grow old. 
like we are chilling. We are just chilling. Then you wake up one day and you are 35. Then you sleep, wake up one day, you are 43. Oh yeah. Even me, I never thought I'd grow old. That's why I'm fighting it with everything. <laughs> I was in church and so I called one of my daughters in church. She's, uh, she's about 18 or so. I got to church early and so I needed her to do my hair. And so she was doing my hair and she said, Dad, but you know you're growing old, eh? You're really growing old. He said, that's why I'm fighting it. <laughs> but we are growing old. And so we have then, big, we have to make sure that we prepare our lives for disruption. Noah was preparing for disruption. Mm. 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 Can I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that the answers to your prayer will disrupt you. When you really pray, in fact, if you really believe that God answers prayer, God will release an answer that will disrupt you. Let me explain to you. Elizabeth is barren for many years and she's growing old. <laughs> when she grows old, all of a sudden Elizabeth is pregnant. And the Bible says Elizabeth has to hide herself because the answer to the prayer is disrupting her lifestyle. How do you explain when you're 70 and you're pregnant? It's a disruption. Mary is a virgin, minding her own business. And God says, you shall have a child. You are a virgin. We know you as a virgin in church. You are in the worship team. Next month you come. You are pregnant. How do you explain? You're not ready for me. You're not ready for me. How do you explain that? Because certain... <laughs> If you are not you if you are not ready for disruption you must stop praying the way you are praying because if you really pray the way you are praying God is going to disrupt you that's why we go back to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. In other words, when the prayer is answered by God, it's not going to come in the way you ask for it. It's going to come pressed down, shaken together and running over. It's going to come 30 fold, 60 fold and 100 fold. It's going to come in such a humongous way that the people around about you are going to be disturbed by your blessing. All of a sudden, people that you thought were friends will begin to have an attitude because your life is going higher and higher and all of a sudden, something is stuck over their life. They will have a problem with you and if you are too sentimental with your relationships, you will abandon your destiny to try and keep people who have refused. At some point in your life, Abraham, you must come with your servants and tell your servants, stay here with the donkeys. I and the Lord are going yonder to worship. And there are certain people who cannot move where God is taking you. And it's not that they are bad people. No, they are good people. But you've got to understand, you cannot sacrifice destiny on the altar of friendship. You can't. 
You can't. And so some people, you've got to allow them to go. Bishop Chidijek says he said he had to leave West Virginia because when he built a particular house, all the newspaper was doing was sending a helicopter round over his house every day. That's when he knew he outgrew the city. Because if my house is news, then the city is small for me. So, all of you that love too much comfort, stop praying the way you are praying because it will be disrupted. Taking a step back is part of disruption. Ladies and gentlemen, speed is irrelevant if you are going the wrong way. Doesn't matter what car you're driving, if you're going the wrong way, speed is irrelevant. And one of the things that hinders you from a step back is pride. You overestimate yourself. You arrogantly believe the earth rotates around you. So you will never have a step back moment because you believe you're always right. Sister, if you get a man like that, you don't even need Satan. Because he will never say sorry. He will never apologize for anything. You know, one of the areas where men struggle is on the issue of directions. If you get someone that doesn't know directions as a husband and they struggle with apology, you are telling them it's here. They say no. They go round and end up there. And, and you're like, but this is where I told you. They said, no. You didn't know I wanted to teach you another way of locating this place. The only challenge with that overestimation is that your Titanic is sinking while you're being arrogant. And it doesn't matter how suited up you are, like this wonderful brother. If you are sinking, you are sinking suited up. And you better cry out for help. You know, sometimes when we pray, <clears throat> I see the way some people pray and then I know they have not encountered problems. Oh yeah. I'm like, oh God. We come before thy auspicious grace to present our particulars before thine abilities. I'm like, that is good English. But that day you are in trouble. Modimo will come out. Nkulunkulu will come out. So all these things you are doing, those are poems that you are reciting in church because you're not in problems. <laughs> I, was telling, I was telling some people in our church, I said, join the morning prayer. You know, and some people are just dragging. Join the morning prayer. One lady got into problems. She called me, she said, Pastor, enlist me in the 5 a.m., enlist me in the 8 p.m., and is there any other prayer I want to join? Now, <laughs> when I said joy, no, but when they had problems, even people who come to church late, they have no issues. Wait until there will be a problem. Church begins at nine. They will be here at eight thirty. 
The ashes are standing on the gate. They're like, and then? And then? It's because <laughs> there is a place you can get. Come on, can I talk to somebody here? There is a place you can get. And the prodigal son got to that place. He got to that place. He said, even the servants in my father's house are eating better than the way I'm eating here. And so I put down my pride. I put down my number in terms of inheritance. I will arise and go back to my father's house and say, Father, I have sinned against you. Yes. I have sinned against you and I want you to have mercy on me. And this is what I came to tell you, child of God. When you need to turn back, forget how many steps you have gone on the other side. Forget your neighbor. Forget the people that know you. Forget your identity. Forget your position in church and let the devil know in 2023 I am not going to stay in this mess. I am not going to stay in this stagnation. I will turn and begin to move my life in the right direction. Can I hear someone say yes? Lay your hand on your neighbor and tell your neighbor it's not too late to turn back. It's not too late to turn back. Disrupt your plans. Disrupt your strategy. Disrupt your relationships. Disrupt your friendships. Let the devil know I refuse to stay in one place every year, every time. And yet the people are praising me on social media. But my life is not moving. The devil is a liar. 2023, I will move in the right direction. Can I hear someone say yes? Can I hear someone say a better yes? Please help me talk to your neighbor, yes. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, move yourself out. Shake yourself out. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. You're like, pastor, that's all I've known. No, 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 that's not all you've known. That's all you've trained your mind to think that you know. There's a better place. I said, there's a better place. I said, there's a better place. Amen. Without disruption, we run the risk of extinction. Yes. Because disruption causes us to live beyond seasons. Yes. Yes. Value AI mentions 50 brands that failed to innovate. Kodak was number one. Many, were not, many of you are not born. So you don't know Kodak. Pastor Ken knows Kodak. Amen. Where you'd go take a picture, then take it to a shop. Then they take it to a dark room. They develop it from negative, then pull out a picture. They fail to innovate. It was, Kodak was so blinded by its own strategy, by its own success, that it completely missed the rise of digital technologies. Nokia was the first to create cellular network, 2210. No longer there. Yahoo, struggling. MySpace, there's no space. Motorola, mm-mm. Musica was selling CDs. Some of you know that one. But they failed to innovate because people got to a place where they can't buy CDs. And so they had to close. They had to close. This is the thing. If you will not disrupt your systems over and over again, we will forget you. 
And that's why the people in the meter cab industry are upset. And they are killing Uber drivers, but they forget that the concept is not the driver. The concept is locked somewhere in the U.S. So it doesn't matter how many people you kill. If you don't innovate, if you're not creative, they will forget you. My father's, my grandfather started it. My father started it. I'm also here. We are not changing anything. We will change you. So this guy marries this lady. Yes. Marries this lady. <clears throat> and this lady cuts fish in two. When she makes the fish stew, cuts the fish in two. And, and he's like, ah, babe, why are you doing this? The lady is like, my mother used to cut the fish in two. So Bra goes to mother-in-law. He says, mother, why do you cut the fish in two? Mother is like, my mother used to cut the fish in two. So Bra goes to grandmother-in-law. Is there anything like that? Uh, just grandmother, amen. And goes to grandmother. And grandmother says, you know, my pot was small. It couldn't fit a whole fish. And so that's why I had to cut it. Now, look, this guy has a wife who has a bigger pot. But because the lady is carrying something from a family tradition, God wants you to be in a place where you will disrupt till you become relevant beyond generations. Psalms 92 verse 14, they will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. It cannot just be that every generation comes out there and starts afresh. There must be a transfer with everybody coming out with their uniqueness. This person, this gentleman, yeah, would you come? You. Come. Yeah, I didn't know my eyes are squinting. Yeah. Would you come? Come. Come, sir. <clears throat> Come here. Yeah. Is there anybody taller than these two guys? A yeah, sound guy. Yeah, yeah, my guy. Yeah. Is there anybody else? Or this? Oh, oh, yo. Yeah. Come. Come, 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 come. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Come here. All right. So. Oh, it's taking photo. Oh, I picked you because of your size. So you must get someone small like you. Is there anybody small or smaller? Even if it's a lady. Yeah? Come on, you're eating into my minutes. There's nobody smaller than that person here. Okay, Come. Yeah. Yeah, stand in a straight line. Yeah. All right. So let's say this is grandfather. Okay? Let's say this is father. And let's say this is son. Okay. Now this is the problem 
in Africa. The problem in Africa is that father will work and work and die and not transfer anything. So when he comes over as a son, he has to dig the ground again. And then when he hands over to the son, there is nothing. The only thing, if he goes to his wedding, he goes with cutlery only. That's the only thing that can be given and a surname. So now you realize we come from families where nothing was handed over to you apart from a surname. That's why it is more easier for us to break generational curses than talk about generational blessings. Because we are coming from places where we are fighting things. Stay with me. But now, I want to give you an example. John Austin was the father of Joel Austin. Joel Austin is the father of Jonathan Austin. When Joel, John Austin was dying, he handed over the ministry to Joel Austin. John Austin was preaching faith with 6,000 people. Joel Austin took over, tripled the number of media stations that they were in, grew the thing, and started preaching hope. Church moved from 6,000 to 48,000 people. When they bought the 16,000-seater auditorium, Joel Austin was driving with Jonathan, and he told Jonathan, you are going to take over this. Jonathan responded to Joel. He said, uh-uh, this is too small for what I have in mind. Now, this is the thing. The reason why Jonathan can say this is too small is because he comes from a genealogy of people who think big and deliver big. There is... The reason why you and I are struggling is because we are coming from places where there was no template. There was no blueprint for us to begin to gather and use as an example. So if we do not disrupt that system, what happened to grandfather and happened to father is the same thing that will happen to us. But the devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. I believe strongly there are men. I wish I was talking to somebody here. I said there are men and women in this place that refuse to die and refuse to die poor, struggling, sick, oppressed, under generational curses, under the whims and the control of the devil. Let the devil know, even if my grandfather never built it and my father never built it, let the devil know, I will be the first person to be able to build an empire for my children and my children's children. If you believe it, shout yes. Give some three people a high five and tell them I will build it. 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 Yes, I will build it. This year I pray for you that God will put in you a disruptive gene on the inside of you that will refuse to accept status quo as a way of life. I will not struggle the way daddy struggle. I will not struggle 
the way mommy struggle. I will not struggle the way my family struggle. The devil is a liar. I am breaking every limitation that is my family. I am breaking it and stepping into my blessing. If you believe me, shout yes. Oh, would you stand up on your feet? Give some seven people a high five and tell them I will break it. I will break I will break it. Yes, I will break it. I will break it. I will break it. I will break it. I will break it, sir. I will break it. I will break it. I will break it. If somebody will build a business, it shall be me. If somebody will start the business, it shall be me. If somebody will travel abroad, it shall be me. If somebody will start franchises, it shall be me. If somebody will start companies, it shall be It shall be me, yes. Please have a seat. Thank you. Have a seat. I need, I need to close. I need to close. I need to close. Let the devil know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let the devil know. I am not like my grandfather. Let the devil know. I am not like my daddy. There is something on the inside of me that keeps on saying, things will not remain like this. Things will not remain like this. It will not always be like this. I, I, I. It will not always be like this. We shall not always struggle for rent. We shall not always struggle for food. We shall not always struggle from job to job to job to job. Oh, but in 2023, I double dare the devil. Something on the inside of me is erupting and causing a change. If you believe it, shout yes. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Help me preach. Lay your hand on your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you must initiate the disruption. Oh yeah. This year, refuse to be moody. You didn't hear what I said. I said refuse to be moody. This year, refuse to depend on motivation. Motivation is overrated. Oh, I'm not motivated. I'm not, I need someone to jack me. Jack yourself up. Jack yourself up. Pastor Ken, when we were driving in the village, we used to have bicycles, and those bicycles used to have a dynamo, and that dynamo was tied to the wheel. And that's how we would get the light for the bicycle. So that dynamo, as you ride the bike, and the wheel is turning, it turns and generates power for the light to come in the bike. That dynamo is on you. You don't need everything that you need to succeed is not outside you. It's on the inside of you. The problem is that we are on, on the cocaine of motivation. I don't feel like. I don't feel like. Somebody asked me one day and say, Pastor, please pray for me to be waking up in the morning. Hold on, that music is going to make me. Please pray for me to wake up in the morning. I said, I will. If you do one thing, remove half of your body from the bed. Then I will pray that the other half will come out. But I cannot pray for you when all of you is inside duvet. Refuse to blame others continually. 
Yeah. Refuse to be indecisive. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, refuse to be indecisive. You know how many times you have broken that relationship? You suffer from acute mjolongitis. Today you're in, tomorrow you are. It's over, it's not over. 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 Even when you tell him it's over, he's laughing. Because he knows tomorrow you are coming. Not in 2023. I said not in 2023. Yeah, this year you cannot be mild. Let's, let's, let's work it with the young people. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, Pastor move, Pastor move. Yeah, Pastor move. You will have to initiate, oh my goodness, my time is up. You will have to initiate, even when you don't fully believe it will work. You will have to initiate. Now, let me tell you, see, some of us are missionaries, so it's easy for us to give you some of these stories. Collect my bag, take my wife, come to South Africa and say, we are starting a church. Where? Centurion. No, nobody there. Go and start a church. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. All the money we have, we put it in the church. We don't buy even anything in the house. We're sitting on the floor. We have a glass that is separating us from the neighbor. The neighbor's dog barks at us because he thinks we are in the yard because there's no curtain. But we have to initiate a move. And it's initiating a move with the struggles and the pains. Even when you feel like this thing might not work. That's how we meet Pastor Ken. And that's why, that's why I'm meeting you even today. Had I not initiated the move, I wouldn't have met you. And some of you have been in the prayer room for too long. You need to come out and do something that God is asking you to do. You will have to initiate the disruption through pain. The problem with our generation is that we initiate and start stuff for social media likes and fans. We are so dependent on people that we cannot move. But I came to realize that if God calls you for an assignment, you will be alone and still have to do it. Isaiah 51 verse 2, he says, Look to Abraham your father and to Sarah who boy, for I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. Yes. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. In Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abraham. God calls Abraham and asks him to leave a particular place and says, and, and I'm asking you to go. And Abraham leaves. When he leaves, God blesses him. Ladies and gentlemen, I came to call you out of a demilitarized zone. I came to call you out of your numb state. You've been too numb for a pretty long time, not in 2023. This is a year for action. 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 Why? Because territories will be taken with mindsets that have been disrupted from the normal order. Yes, territories will be taken with mindsets that have been disrupted from the normal order. The problem with us is that we are too prejudiced to break into that level. We are too racist to acquire that dimension. We are too tribal to see our destiny help us. We are too one-sided. We are too boxed to think that God can bless you in another way. You are too carnal to see your blessing because everybody must come in a particular way that you have trained them to be in. That when they come in a different fashion, 
you struggle to be able to receive from them because your mindset has been trained in a particular way that people must always be in this way. But listen to me, child of God, when John the Baptist was ministering, John the Baptist was putting on skin and eating honey. He was not putting on royal purple garments. No, no, no. But he had a message from God. So what God does, yes, God has to disrupt your prejudice by putting your blessing in the hands of the person you hate. God has to disrupt your prejudice by putting your blessing in the hands of the closer woman that you have an opinion about. God has to, oh yes, can I talk to somebody here? God has to disrupt you by putting the idea in the hands of the Zimbabwean that you don't like and to break your prejudice. Because ladies and gentlemen, normal does not bat the supernatural. Normal does not bat the supernatural. In fact, normal is an enticement from the enemy to make you not accomplish big things from God. Oh yes, 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 yes. And this brings me to the last story in the next two minutes that Jesus makes us to sit here today celebrating his death, burial, and resurrection. It is a love story to us, but is a disruption to divinity when it comes to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is my translation. For God so loved the world that he disrupted heaven and gave his only begotten son that whosoever disrupts his way of thinking and receives him will disrupt the destination of his eternal home. Oh yes, any love, Pastor Rebecca, any love that does not disrupt is not authentic. Oh yes, since God is love, God is a disruptor. And if you walk with God, a lot will be disrupted in your life. God can initiate disruption or can jump on a disruption. First of all, disruption is a process that God has handled. He saw when Adam disrupted the whole plan. And the calling of God will always disrupt you. We saw God told Abraham, get out of your place. God told Moses in the wilderness, remove your shoes. God told Nehemiah, leave the king's court. God told Paul, stop your killing journey. And anytime God is up to something in your life, he will disrupt you. If God loves you, he will disrupt you. If God has a call in your life, he will disrupt you. If God has a plan for you, he will disrupt you. So while we are looking at love extraordinary, you're looking at the disruption of eternal proportion. And listen to me, child of God, God is not going to call you at your own terms. That's why people who want to serve God at their own times cannot do God's will. When God calls you, it will be at his own terms. He will disrupt your modus operandi. He will dis- oh, oh sir, I cannot come for practice at seven in the morning because that's the time when I'm turning to catch the third dimension of my sleep. Then you're not ready to serve because service is not at your own time. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If God calls you, it has its own terms. So if you are ready to serve God, 
get ready for disruption. And so Jesus is called on the cross. He cried out, why have you forsaken me? Because he has been disrupted. They disrupted him. They disrupted his body. They gave him 39 stripes. His white bone was being seen. There was a crown of thorns that was upon him. There was nails on his hands, on his feet. And that disruption came so that you and I can be able to enjoy the blessing of salvation. He was disrupted. The heaven's plans were disrupted so that you and I can enjoy. But this is one thing I love about disruption. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 verse number 8 he says and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of those in heaven and of those on the earth and those under the earth which tells me child of God when he accepted to allow disruption in his life and his plan God has highly exalted him and given him a name it tells me child of God when you allow God to disrupt your plans, disrupt your strategy, disrupt your going, disrupt your vision. It shall not end in disruption because on the other side of disruption is a blessing pressed down, shaken together and running over. I don't know who I'm preaching to here, but God sent me here to come and let you know. Say yes to him. Say yes to his plan. Say yes to his purpose. It shall not end in your struggle. It shall end with a blessing, an increase, opportunity, restoration, favor, elevation, increase, power, glory. If you believe it, shout yes. Stand up on your feet. We're going to pray. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Oh yes. So please allow God to disrupt you. Allow God. What did God send me here to come and do? God sent me here to ask you for a yes, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you are too much full of yourself. It's about your comfort. It's about your plan. It's about your rest. You don't want to be inconvenienced. But you can never serve God when it's all about you. I say yes, Lord, yes, to your will. Come here. I say yes, Lord, yes. When speaks to me, speaks to me with my heart, and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Our keyboard player is a dot com keyboard player. Uh, okay, so let's do My Soul Says Yes. My Soul Says Yes. My Soul Says Yes. Says Yes. Says Yes. My Soul Says Yes. I uh, Says Yes. Give me three parts. Let's go. My Soul. Come on, everybody. My soul. My soul says yes, says 
Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. A new year does not translate into a new season for you. It's your disruptive spirit that causes new seasons to be unveiled to you. If you refuse to disrupt your flow, don't complain when the results are the same ones you experienced the previous year. So we can say Happy New Year but it will be the same year until you're willing to disrupt your flow. Jesus, the perfect love story for us is a story of disruption. My question to you is this, what are you willing to disrupt? To be who God wants you to be. Pastor Rebecca, I've seen you do powerful ladies meetings, hold the music, and we're gonna pray now because my time is up. And Pastor Sarah Jack said a statement that has stuck in my heart. Her father transferred to her, and so it shifted from woman that would lose to woman evolve. And so they planned their first conference, and the first conference was going to be in the Potter's house, which sits 8,400 people, which is Bishop Jack's church. And in the first, the first time they announced it, when they went to check registrations, registrations had reached 20,000. So which meant that the building was small to accommodate. And so they had to get a place that seats 50,000 people for the conference that is coming in September. Then she says something, sir. She said something. She said, the moment they started preparing for 50,000, she said, I am not thinking about the dress I will wear. I am not thinking about the message I will preach. She said, I am thinking about who do I need to become to be able to minister to those 50 people, 50,000 people. Who do I need to become? Because that level cannot find me in this present state. So there are adjustments that I must make to be able to step into that. And I believe strongly God is speaking to some people here. That the level you are in cannot accommodate the next dimension of harvest. So there must be massive disruptions to your modus operandi. I want to ask you a question. Who do you need to become to be that person? Lift your hands, everybody. Lift your hands, everybody. I wanted to pray, Lord, I receive the grace to step into that. I receive the grace to make the necessary adjustments. I receive the grace to make the necessary. Come on, lift your voice and pray for, for two minutes. I receive the grace to make the necessary adjustments. I receive the grace to make the necessary adjustments. 
I receive the grace right now. Come on, lift your voice. I receive the grace. Worship him. Who do you need to become to be able to shift the worship ministry to another level? Who do you need to become? Lord, I receive the grace. I receive the grace. I receive the grace to make the necessary adjustments, to disrupt my flow, to disrupt my structures, to disrupt my administration. I receive the grace. I receive the grace. I receive the grace. I shake off any lethargy. I shake, shake off. I shake off every procrastination. I shake it off right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That is what I must become to step into that level. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just before we go, this is resurrection weekend. And we're done. While your hands are down, is there anybody who has not given his life to Christ? This will be a good day. You need to disrupt your way of life. Is there anybody who is not saved? You're not saved. You're saying, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Christ. If there is that person, lift your hand. Let me see. If there is that person, you're not born again. You're not saved. If there is that person. Amen. Everybody saved in this church. Amen. Thank you so much. May God bless you. I appreciate greatly. Disrupt your flow. Get the book at the end. Thank you, Pastor Ken. Amen. And we.